In a world where one woman locks herself inside a quiet studio and doesn't come out until the podcast is done, welcome to Spotlight Conversations with Donna Reed, a place you can get connected with Donna and her friends and listen in on some great conversation. Thankfully, unlike the intro you just heard, it's a drama-free zone. You're welcome. Now, as we listen to a bit of music from the amazing Mark Sparrow to lead us in, it's my pleasure to introduce the one, the only, Donna Reed. All right. Thank you again. Welcome to another episode of Spotlight Conversations. Thanks so much for the new downloads, the comments, the emails. Follow me on Instagram at Spotlight Conversations, or you can go to at Donna Reed VO. Today, activist, writer, radio legend, Dana Steele. She has written a book about Alzheimer's, The Woman in the Mirror, and it has turned into a play. And we're going to talk about writing the play. We're going to talk about writing the book. We're going to talk about her mom. How do you do all of this? Uh, You know, I am very, very organized and I come by it honestly. It's just yet one more trait that I uh, inherited from my mom. But I also have a system, which is crazy because I make fun of the fact that she had all these systems in the play. But I I do have, I had to come up with a system, especially when I started, uh, when I left radio and started running the space store, because it was just like drinking from a fire hose every day. And you'd start to do one thing and then you would get pulled off onto another. So it was just like all day long. It was just like squirrel, squirrel. Oh, look, another shiny squirrel. And, And then nothing. At the end of the day, I would realize I was exhausted but I hadn't gotten anything done, so I compartmentalize. Okay. Uh, and I apologize if you can hear construction behind me. They've decided to build a high-rise across the street from me, which is making it a lot of fun for rehearsals and podcasts and everything. <laughs> so if you can hear that, I'm sorry. Um, nobody is nobody is uh, building anything in my apartment, though. Um, but back to the space store, I finally had to go, okay, I, I created files on in my, in my email. I created real files on my desk Mm -hmm. uh, and I created file folders in my computer and like Monday was review new products Tuesday was add new products into the website write the descriptions Wednesday was um, you know finance all of that paying bills Thursday was um, press and marketing and unless it just really involved, you know, somebody was going to die or arterial bleeding. I just had to train myself. That's not priority. That goes in the Thursday file. You know, thank you. I got your message. I will be back with you at the end of the week. And then I just, so you have to be incredibly organized. With that said, I have now put everything to the side so that I can concentrate 100% on this play uh, and rehearsals, but I'm also the writer. I'm also the producer. Um, so I've got to find investors. I got to find sponsors. I got to find advertisers. I got to find donors. I got to set all this up. So just when I think, okay, I'm now focusing on one thing. Well, that one thing has a million facts. Oh, of course. It's just organization. Now, millions of listeners here know you from KLOL, the Steelworkers. Right. Are you still in touch with them? I know you don't want to talk about radio too much. I know that was way in in the past, but it they're an inspiration to you as well, aren't they? Oh, no, it doesn't bother me at all. I mean, I uh, I was in an Uber the other day. Driver was, I mean, he was nice, but he was very, you know, wasn't a talkative Uber driver. He was very, like, <laughs> matter of fact, yes, no, whatever. Shut right. up, you know, shut up, little old lady in the backseat of my car. 
<laughs> he picked me up at the airport and he was bringing me back to my apartment downtown. And I don't know what I, I, I mean, he knew my first name was Dana because mm-hmm. he had picked me up. And I don't remember what I said. It wasn't like, hi, I'm Dana Steele from KLOL. It was just something completely different about, I think we started talking, he said something about politics. And whatever it was I said, he went, oh my God, you're Dana Steele. I'm a steel worker. I never tire of that. I had a woman turn around to me standing uh, several years ago. We were standing in a customs in Panama and she turned around and said, I am just really sorry to bother you, but are you Dana Steele from KLOL? You know, my husband's line is always, I sleep with her and I don't recognize her voice. How do you people do this? <laughs> <laughs> always honest. Um, That's Dana. Yeah. I, I love it. Um, your book or your play, The Woman in the Mirror, when your mom, Fran, was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, 2013, I think it was, um, you started posting Facebook messages about her and how you dealt with it. Well, it started as a chicken way out because after I called my brother, my two nieces, my uncle, and my best friend, I just could not say it one more time. I could not say one more time, mom has Alzheimer's. And she she had so many friends. I mean, growing up in Quail Valley, south of Houston, she played mm. tennis. I mean, again, something else I come by, honestly, we've never met a stranger. We collect people. We know everybody. I just couldn't say it over and over again. So I thought, I, I'm just going to, she was never on Facebook, but all of her friends are. And so I posted it on, on Facebook, and when I got up the next day, I was stunned at the literally hundreds of comments, not only from friends and distant family, but also complete strangers saying, my mom, my dad, my aunt, my uncle, my grandmother, my wife, my husband. I, I mean, I was just like, why do, oh my God, this is so widespread. Why doesn't anybody talk about it? And I discovered that was very cathartic for me. Mm-hmm. To not only talk about it, but the first time I laughed, I thought something, I felt so guilty. Um, I discovered guilt is an emotion that pretty much comes and, you know, lives, you know, right in your lap the entire yes, it time does. doing this. Because yeah. no, none of us know what to do. None of us know. I literally just got off the phone. I got a message 10 minutes ago, a friend saying, do you have time to talk? My dad thinks everyone around him is a robot now and that I'm in on it. Um, but she knows she can call me. I didn't know anybody I could call. I, I knew what it was. Mm-hmm. I um, so I, I, Facebook became my um, village, my community. How long after that did you start writing the book? When did you get to a point where you said, hmm, I can, I can help people by this? Well, this is the, a couple of days ago. Um, I'm not one of the, I barely remember people's birthdays. I, you know, I barely remember mine. So when I tell you, tell people I'm so great and organized, I don't remember birthdays. So I definitely don't remember death dates. Uh, Sunday, I was getting everything ready for rehearsals. Our rehearsals started yesterday. So Sunday, I was getting the apartment ready for rehearsals. And I got a couple of messages from people going, hey, just thinking about you on the anniversary of your mother's death. And I was like, wow, we're starting we're starting, um, you know, we're starting rehearsals on the day of her death. Um, so she died October the 17th, 2015. And for the next probably six months, four months, six months, I tried to go back and uh, chronicle all of the, the Facebook posts that I thought would be good to eventually use for a book. Because mm-hmm. I, th- I just really felt like it needed to be a book. A friend of mine Brad Meltzer, the best-selling author, says, you know, if it touches your soul, you need to use it in a book. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. 
And and then a, a friend of mine, we had kids in school at the same time. She just called me out of the blue and she's, you know, hey, let's get together for lunch. And at lunch, as we were wrapping up, she said, is there anything I can do for you? And I said, you know, as a matter of fact, you say you, say you have time on your hands and I know you're a very organized person. I've been trying to go through and chronicle all of these Facebook posts mm -hmm. and it makes me sad. It makes me cry and I can't do it. I can't look at it objectively. And she said, sure. And, yeah. you know, she's like queen of spreadsheets and stuff like that. I, I hate Excel. She can do all that stuff. You got to have a and, friend um, that does that, though. Yeah, you got to have a friend that knows Excel um, and give them lots of wine. Yes. You want to keep them. Um, so, you know, fast forward, Heather became my co-author. She wow. helped me um, uh, organize all of the posts that we thought were best and all of the comments that we thought were best, whether they were funny or poignant or informative or whatever. And um, that's where it came from. Uh, your mom was your biggest supporter in radio and anything you did with media for the longest time. Oh, my God. She was the biggest. She was, she was the head steel worker. She was the biggest Aww. fan of all time. I was 16 when I went off to Texas A&M. So at 18, I was already burned out because I had gone year round for, you know, since I was 12, 13 years old. And um, she felt like I was so young that I could always come home, do something uh. like this for a couple of years and then go back. Mm -hmm. um, and of course it took off and, and I found, you know, my true passion, the love of my life. My youngest is going through that right now. He graduated from high school with an associate's degree and then has, you know, tried to go to, tried to go to college and he's like, mom, I'm just burned out. And I'm like, I can't argue with you on that one. At one point in writing the play, do you think that your mom would have said, oh, I'm so glad Dana put this in the story? Um, you know, I don't know. There are the naysayers who constantly chastise me. I had a neighbor who was just really mean about it. Um, that you're making money off your mom. I'm like, <laughs> I wrote a book. Nobody makes money off a book. Mm. Um, you know, they people tell me I, I was too honest. I was too open. I was too crass. Um, I, I told too much. But I thought everybody needed to know. And my mom had no secrets from anybody. My mom... Again, I come by it honestly. I, I, you know, she didn't have a filter. I don't have a filter. Um, <laughs> we both just have a ball. But she loved to help people. I think people are going to have so much fun with this story. And of course, it, you know, it ends with my mom dies of Alzheimer's. But I will tell you this: the woman in the mirror has a very bizarre happy ending. And it's a happy ending that all I will say, I took as a sign from my mother that she was quite happy with the way I had handled everything. Mm -hmm. And and I don't know what I believe in. I tell people I'm the most spiritual atheist you'll ever meet, and that makes their brains explode. But, um, you know, I don't know what I believe, but I will tell you there have been signs, there have been weird things where I'm just like, I don't even know what to think, but I know she's happy with it, and I have been terrified and scared about doing this because I, I tell people I'm not an actor. I'm a storyteller. I don't memorize well, so I've been very concerned about that. There's so many bells and whistles and multimedia in this show um, that I'm hoping it will all act as muscle memory for me. Mm -hmm. But all of a sudden last week, I started to feel such incredible joy because I'm surrounded by her antics and her fun stories and uh, her laughter because the sound guys are literally taking home movies and uh, pulling her laughter out of it. 
you know, I'm having to go back through all the home movies and find things we can use in the show. So here she is. She would sweep all of the leaves up at the front yard and the, the grandkids would run and jump in them. And then she would make them sweep all the leaves. But you can just hear again. her laugh. Uh, do it again. How did you know you were an entrepreneur? I mean, is there something, was it doing the books, the rock star principles? Oh, uh, no. Since I was a little kid, yeah. my dad, my dad was an entrepreneur and a dreamer. Uh, I got the best of both of my parents. My dad was the entrepreneur and the idea man and the dreamer. He loved to start companies. Um, but then he never carried it out from there. Mm-hmm. My mom was the one who carried things out, very frugal, make sure you have you know, savings, make sure you have this. Right. But no, my dad would bring home letterhead, a crisp new letterhead and envelopes and whiteout for me. And I just, and my, my Barbies played office. So I can see I that. This does not surprise always, me. I, I can oh, see this. I charged people a quarter to come in my backyard. I would. My mom made clown costumes for Ellen, my next door neighbor. Ellen and I dressed as clowns. Uh, and at five years old, I would charge people a quarter to come in the backyard and swing on my swing set and watch Ellen. And Ellen and I would put on a show, but it cost you a quarter. What can they? What can we expect from the play? It's going to be here in Houston. It starts, and then it what is other the cities? World premiere. Well, we got to get through this first one. Um, oh. uh, I was I was able. I have some wonderful investors. Very proud to announce that the real Nick and Diane of the music hip musical come from away were my very first investors. Oh, so they've been so incredibly supportive, and and lots of other folks. Um, we have lots of spo- sponsors. We have donors. We have people buying ads. So it's been great raising the money for this. Your first time out is really the most expensive because you're hiring the lighting designer and the set designer and the sound designer oh, and the yeah. light. You know, somebody's got to come in and direct it, and you got to pay for the theater. And we divide our time between Houston and Palm Springs. So it looks like Palm Springs is probably going to be uh, the second place we take it. The director who actually wrote the first script and brought it to me. Um, she lives in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay. So we have a couple of theaters there, but it may be a West Coast tour first, and then we'll hit North Carolina, maybe Florida, where Wonder Husband's family is. And then, you know, the goal is off Broadway. Go big or go home. Absolutely. Dana Steele is who we're talking to today. Activist, mom, writer, podcaster. She's got the play The Woman in the Mirror, a dark, uplifting comedy about surviving Alzheimer's with friends, Facebook, and a really big glass of wine. When you're picking all these people to help you, the writers, the actors, the producers, do you go by your gut? You meet them and you see them and go, yes. Or mm, how, how did you choose all these people who are helping you with this? Well, it's actually just being in the right place at the right time. Um, I'm probably saying his name wrong, but I think it's Ted Swinson. Ted created a, a musical that I just loved from a long time ago called Always Patsy Klein. Oh, and yeah. so I love that show. And some of us together for lunch and another uh, young woman joined us, Marley Singletary, who uh, was the deputy creative director at Theater Under the Stars and then went on to be the creative director of Queensbury in Houston. Um, very quiet, very reserved, very beautiful red hair, China doll skin. And I was like, oh, yeah, I've always thought it'd be so fun to turn my book into a play. And she was like, uh-huh, that's nice, because, you know, apparently everyone says that. <laughs> um, but that's not going to deter you, though. <laughs> but, you know, I just did what I always do, that I was taught by my mom. I sent a handwritten note with a copy of the book that said, oh, it was so nice great. to meet you. Here's the book I'm talking about. Everybody knows somebody who needs it. Feel free to pass it on. 
And about two weeks later, she called me out of the blue and she said, you know what, you're right. And I've already written most of the script. Would you like to see it? Uh, we were going to do it in 2020. COVID hit. So we did it as a, a video series, 10 videos on YouTube. We did a table read. Uh, I actually just met my co-star for the first time three days ago when I picked him up at the airport. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I know him because we spent so much time um, on Zoom uh, working on the play in 2020. And she actually has all the contacts. Now, my co-star, I actually dreamt him. He's 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 a young black man, 6'4", with a huge afro. And I just had a dream of an actor on stage with me like that. Sometimes he plays me. Sometimes he plays mom when we're having an argument. Sometimes he's a he's the guy from Chick Fil A. Sometimes he's just pouring me wine to calm me down. Whatever you know. So he's he's got all these. He's like all over the stage. And every time I move mom, he moves a few more pieces of furniture off the stage. So he's just kind of everywhere. He he's my touchstone, is what he is. And I quite honestly don't memorize well. So he does things that make me go, oh, this is the next story I'm supposed to be telling. Post-its? Do you use post-its? Oh, my God. (laughs) My mother had post-its everywhere. At first, we thought it was like, you know, this was your grandmother's. If you give it away, I'll haunt you for the rest of your life. Uh, She did. She had like little things. But then it became, you know, she had post-it notes with entire conversations. If Dana says this, I say this. And I just thought it was organization. I just said, I mean, the first time I moved her, I picked up all the post-it notes and threw them away. Later on, there you go. Later uh, on, I went, oh, my God, I threw away why? my mother's brain. I threw her system away. But, yeah, Marley comes to the table. Marley's the one who brought the stage manager and the lighting designer. And, um, like, several of them, like the set guy and the sound guy, live in New York now. But everybody is a native Houstonian. Everybody's vaccinated. Oh, everybody, I gave everybody, you know, at-home COVID test as a welcome gift. <laughs> I was like, we are going to be safe. <laughs> You're such a mom. Even though the kids are grown and they've left the nest, she's still being a mom. All right, where can we get tickets to see this? You can go to the Woman in the Mirror Play. Make sure you have the word play. The Woman in the Mirror Play.com. It is making its world debut at Match, the Midtown Arts and Theater Center in Midtown Houston, November the 4th through the 14th. Um, You can also go to my uh, website, therockbusiness.com. And you can pick up the table reads, the wow. Zoom table reads we did and the, the podcast and all of that. But I'm excited. I want you to meet Fran Nicholson. She led an ordinary life, but was an extraordinary woman. And she has a lot of lessons to teach. Well, she has raised an equally extraordinary daughter. Thank you. Remember, when it comes to Alzheimer's, if you don't laugh, you will cry. You've been listening to Spotlight Conversations with Donna Reed. Subscribe on Apple and Spotify podcasts or your favorite platform. Thanks for tuning in. 